Ah, let's play a game. again and welcome to yet another edition of Is It Worth It? Now, if this is the first time you've listened to the show, usually what we do is we pull a game down from the shelf. These games are typically rare and or valuable. We talk about them and we tell you whether or not we feel they are worth it for the current eBay price. Hi, I'm your host Blaine J and today with me as always, co-host James Milholland. Say hi. Hey everybody, how you doing? (laughs) And today we're not talking about just one, but we're talking about three games for the original Nintendo, and these are all in a trilogy as for our usual, and the games are Contra, Super Contra, and Contra 4. Now, we'll start with the original Contra. I think Everybody should know what this game is. This is pretty much a staple in everyone's NES library, or if you've ever played a Nintendo, you've probably at some point played the original Contra. You better have. Yeah, it's it's iconic. The opening music alone brings back just tons of memories. This is the game that I originally played on the Nintendo. This is the first game that Blaine played on a Nintendo. It was released in 1988 by Konami. They made really great stuff at this point in time. This is no exception. Uh, if you haven't played the game, you basically, it's a two-player game in which you can play as Arnold Schwarzenegger or Sylvester Stallone, and you fight aliens and predators. Not really, but that's basically what it is. You play, you, you, <laughs> and you, you play cooperatively. That's another big thing to point out. Huge. Very few games where you can actually play together on the same team at the same time. This is one of them. Right. And, uh, yeah, as he said, you play simultaneously. Uh, it's a run-and-gun. You walk from left to right, shooting everything in your path. You can collect power-ups in the ways of, let's see, there's a R that stands for rapid fire, which will make your gun shoot a little faster. There is an uh, S, which is the one you want, which is spread gun or shotgun. We always call it the spread gun. And this is a gun that'll shoot multiple bullets just in a big V of just gunfire. It hits almost everything on screen. Then you have the laser, which is the most useless weapon in the game, I think. Although, I I think it has the highest damage output, if I remember right. But it shoots a singleton laser across the screen, and if you try and fire again while that laser's on screen, that one disappears and another one will start to come out of your gun. So if you try and use rapid-fire controllers like the NES Advantage or something like that, you'll end up with just this little tiny amount of laser peeking out the front of your gun and it really it does next to nothing there's an f for fire or fireball in this version it sends like a fireball twirling out i actually kind of like this weapon it's probably my second favorite weapon next to the spread gun and then there's m for machine gun which is pretty close to your normal gun except you get a slightly larger red ball uh, the same colored ball as the spreader but it just shoots you know the same way uh, your normal gun does but much faster um you're able to jump way higher than you should be able to jump, and you'll curl into a Ninja Turtle-esque ball when you do so. And um, you're able to control your jump, which is important. It's not like a Castlevania or something, also released by uh, Konami, where once you enter your jump, that's the direction you're going. No, when you jump, you can move and shoot in any direction, 
while you're still somehow in a somersault, which uh, makes absolutely no sense, but it's a video game, so whatever, who cares? Mm. And uh, yeah, it's really important. And when I first saw my cousin doing that, because I played the game a lot before I realized you could like jump and shoot diagonally down or up at the same time, and it just opened up a whole new world for me. And uh, there are also levels, let's see, is it two and five or six or something like that, in which the camera changes from being a side-scrolling game to being like a uh, over-the-shoulder game where your character is shooting into a tunnel uh, permanently his gun is pointed face up and you're dodging obstacles that are coming at you like uh, rolling exploding barrels and enemies are jumping across the screen from left to right shooting down at you and there's a barrier of electricity that you cannot pass until you destroy whatever it is on the wall little glowing MacGuffins because video game and once, Yeah. yeah once you do that you you can proceed to the next portion of tunnel or whatever and uh, yeah it's basically it the game goes you know on like this throughout there's some really iconic bosses in the way of like uh, the waterfall boss is one of my particular favorites it looks like a giant alien head and it's got these two arms that reach down at you and try and grab you uh, all the while shooting and such and i do want to mention also on the waterfall level if you've ever played this simultaneously with a friend which you really that's the way to play this game uh you could kill them by like jumping ahead and making the screen go up now because this particular level you you don't go left to right you actually go from bottom to top jumping platforming your way up and uh if something went off screen like whatever platform they were on it was just gone forever because you weren't able to uh, move back this is much like uh, the original mario brothers where once something is off screen it doesn't exist so if your character fell and it was just one pixel off from where a platform used to be, it would treat it as though it were a bottomless pit and your character would just die. And you could uh, hilariously kill whoever you were playing with this way. And I think we should also mention the, uh, you know, everyone's probably saying, well, why haven't they mentioned it? The Konami code. All right, come on. If Mission Control thought we could help get the shuttle out of orbit, it can't be that hard. Okay, okay, uh, uh, try this. Hit up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, be a start. Then we'll have unlimited lives. Come on, we're running out of time! Which, uh... <laughs> yes. Yeah, which Save is... my life. Yeah, uh, pretty prevalent in Konami games. It was on this, Life Force, um... It's been used in numerous other games throughout, uh, even non-Konami games and stuff. And in this game, it's very uh, famously will give you 30 lives, which with 30 lives and three continues, you can run into virtually every bullet in this game and still beat it. So basically, if you've played Contra, you've heard of the Konami code, you've used it and beat the game. I think it's probably amongst the most beaten games in the history of games and uh it's it's especially for nintendo you gotta say that because no one beat nintendo games yeah and it's just a great game there's nothing wrong with this game the music's great the platforming is great uh graphically it's beyond anything else that came out in 1988 um, yeah, what's to say about Contra? You need to own it. It doesn't go for a whole lot of money. Um, that's because it's ridiculously common. Uh, you can get this for about 30 to $40, which sounds like it's kind of high, but you know, it's really not for a Nintendo game these days. Some of those things are getting just outrageous. It's uh, like I'm thinking of selling my collection at times, you know, um, 
it's just so crazy right now. But, uh, you know, 30, 40 bucks for a game that will give you, you know, countless hours of fun with friends. Yeah, it's not too bad. I definitely think this one's worth it. Anything you want to add to the original Contra James? Yeah, the one thing I'll just add, or a few things I'll add. Um, you touched on most everything, though. You did it perfectly. Great job. Um, the ability to shoot in all the directions. Uh, that was, you know, so new to me. I mean, I played a lot of Mega Man, and Mega Man, you shoot straight and you shoot up. I played Castlevania, Castlevania, you whip straight and that's it you can jump and whip you can kind of duck and whip but this game you can diagonally shoot up diagonally shoot down you can't shoot directly down which would have been nice yeah. in some instances but i mean they gave you most all directions uh the controls just amazing i mean flawless music incredible We'll just I will touch on you touch on a little bit most there's some aliens uh, most of the time you're shooting against people that are shooting back at you uh, there are some machines you encounter uh, like I said you, your two player your your two players are distinguished one has blue pants one has red pants yeah um, and yeah I mean it's it's just great all around there's you you, you hit it perfectly yeah now, I will say game. you can shoot down while jumping so there is that yeah you're right and um, and and you're right in that you know it was a huge boon to be able to shoot in all directions but the examples you gave with uh, Mega Man and also Castlevania, the reason I think they worked was because you could only shoot forward and whip forward with your uh, with your normal weapons, but then you had sub-weapons that you could get in the way of, like, yeah. for Mega Man, like Cutsman or Bomberman or whatever, and you could shoot in different directions that way, and then with uh, Simon Belmont, you'd get things like the axe, where that could be your, you know, vertical attack and, and, and such like this, you know, Holy Water could shoot down for you and so those you know without those sub weapons those games would be horrific uh, who wants to play Mega Man where you just shoot little eggs at enemies you know yeah I used to save all those sub weapons though for the <clears throat> the end bosses so oh, I guess seriously. I didn't use them as much during the during the levels but yeah, yeah. just Contra though great back to Contra great That's game <laughs> I mean just just uh, perfect they have, it, someone it needs to own it you have to own it I believe so yeah this is one that you I think should even if you own 10 games for your NES this should be one that is in that collection um mm -hmm. the second game we'll talk about is Super Contra or Super C here in North America and this one was released oh gosh I want to say like a year later maybe two years later 1990 or so I oh it actually is saying 1988 on Wikipedia yeah I was gonna say 88 here wow well that's the same year that the original Contra was released on the Nintendo so if that's the case, then they were released in the same year, which is crazy to me. But it's, you know, what 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 to say about Super C that you didn't say about Contra. They're effectively the same game. Uh, all the same power-ups are, are present. Um, 
now the fire did change. The fireball went from being a little twirly fireball to now being like this big puff of fire that will come out. And if it hits something, it will shoot in four directions a little bit, you know, not all across the screen, but creates like a miniature explosion that can kill enemies when walking up and down, you know, uh, diagonal platforms and what have you. And yeah, it's effectively the same game. Oh, instead of the additional levels where you're shooting forward down a tunnel you now have a more uh oh what's the word i'm looking for um if you've ever played say akari warriors or or uh mm-hmm. top down yeah top down view where you can shoot in all directions and stuff and and honestly i feel like this detracted from the game i didn't like those levels whatsoever uh they they just didn't feel like contra you know uh, the rest yeah, of the game. Akari Warriors is so terrible. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Any, any remnants of that is like, oh god, are we back? Yeah, yeah. Heavy Barrel. <laughs> there's another fine example, and it's like I don't know why they did this. It's just kind of like, okay, uh, maybe you thought it was you know forward thinking and better than what you had going on with the tunnel levels. But I really enjoyed the tunnel levels. I thought they were pretty cool. Um, this just, eh, it and it just kind of played a little slow. Um, overall, though, it's still just a really great game with a really great soundtrack. It is, however, missing the Konami code. It's got another code, which will only give you 10 lives, and you should still be able to beat the game with that. Um, I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, I know this this episode may be a little short on content as far as the three Contra games goes, because there's not a whole lot you can say about each game. Um, this one really didn't change the formula too much. It's much the same. Uh, I think copies of this are, again, right about $30, $40, and yeah, you should probably own this one too if you can afford it. Yeah, it's like you said. It, it looks just like the original, uh, especially the sprites that you play as. Um, I feel like it's a little easier. Uh, the first level is pretty difficult. I played through that one. I got to the second level, and things just got easier as we went through. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to date this show, but uh, we just found out, I think, last week that the mini NES is coming out in November, right. and this game will actually be preloaded on the mini NES, not the original Contra, Super C. So yeah, um, you don't feel like buying it if you wait and buy that whole collection or that whole little system you'll get this one included i couldn't believe some of the titles that were on that thing both zeldas all three mario brothers i mean yeah just couldn't believe some of the titles that were left off but yeah yeah, still good still great everything that was on there was pretty killer i mean there was a couple that i was like eh whatever like balloon fight but still a a great game you know if it wasn't for balloon fight we'd have never got underwater levels for mario because yeah uh, yeah yeah, the floating aspect right the i forget how he did it something about putting in a decimal for the movement speed or something and it was just like Hmm. a really simple concept but uh it caused you know the effect that we think of when you're like think of playing underwater mario level where where it's like that floaty aspect as you called it and like if he hadn't come up with that for balloon fight it would have never happened for mario but anyway 
Neither here nor there. Yeah, I'm definitely picking one of those up. I think the RSVP is like $60 or something on those. And Yeah, I wonder if they're going to let us uh, download additional games or they, you know, what they're going to do. They've, but, yeah, they've I'm already said they are not. They are not. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, you, the 30 is what you get, but those 30 games, I mean, if you break it down into what you would pay for those 30 games just on the, the NES, you're looking at, you know, five $600 or some fool thing. E- even if you were to download them on like a Wii virtual console or something like that, you're looking at, you know, a hundred bucks probably. So, and the fact yeah. that you get a little physical mini Nintendo with two controllers, I mean, it's brilliant. You know, I think it's a wonderful yeah. gift idea. So yeah, I'm definitely picking one up. And Super C is a great game that you can play on there. So, yeah, good on Absolutely. you, Nintendo. Um, yeah. <laughs> again, though, you know, not a lot more to say about Super C. It's it's not too pricey, and as you said, just wait maybe and get it on this compilation. But uh, it, it is one that you you should play if you haven't. It's just as good or nearly as good as the original. Um, the third game in the series is, uh, is one most people... Are <laughs> you looking something up? Yeah, sorry. Get my, I'm getting my Let's Play going, so I can, it jogs my memory of what it all is. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, is one that most people aren't even aware exists. You know, when you think of Contra, most people think uh, Contra, Super C, and then Contra 3, The Alien Wars for the Super Nintendo. And there's a reason they named Contra 3, The Alien Wars, Contra 3. It's because this third title, Contra Force, came out here in the States two months after... Uh, Alien Wars was released. So this is one of the later titles in uh, in the NES library. You know, they, they quit making games for it by 94. And so this is really late into the life of the NES. And it was originally not going to be a Contra title. It was originally... Uh, a game called Something Hound, Arc Hound, I think, in Japan. But then they never released it. And they had this game that was similar enough to Contra that they thought, well, we might as well release it in the States, call it Contra, and get as much money as we can off the thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So they did so. And you know what? It's not a bad game. It it has a little bit more of a story, which I didn't pay any damn attention to, than the Contra games, and that you have, like, cutscenes in between levels and stuff where you're playing this character named burns and um they're they're giving you updates on like what's going on and who you need to do this or that to i didn't pay any attention to it because it was all gutter trash to me but instead of just having the two characters bill and whatever the other guy's name was from the other contras you have a group of four and each one has their own unique abilities that they bring to the table um one's like a sniper there's a dude named iron i I think beans is the sniper beans is one yep iron is like the heavy he carries like a bazooka and uh different heavy weapons and then there's like a explosions expert or something if i remember right i and i I don't remember his name and he has like landmines and other whatever um and the neat thing about this game is because each one has unique gear instead of like finding power-ups like the spreader or whatever you'll find these little briefcases that you can use to power up any one of their abilities that these different guys have and as they get more powerful you know they change a little bit on screen and do different things that's pretty cool and you have like 
uh, the standard, you know, contra-esque jump where you flip into a ball. But another thing that you can unlock is like an invincible flip that you can use kind of a la um, Metroid, if you will. And uh, you can switch out at any time into any of the other characters, which is really nifty. And each character has three lives. And uh, once those three lives are done, the game is over, unless you're playing in two-player mode, in which case that character will just not be accessible if those three lives go away. And you can also, and this is a really strange, and I don't know if it's cool or not. I was messing with it last night, and I was like, uh, I don't know who this is for or what, what it's doing, but it's kind of nifty. You can select for the computer to play one of the characters for you but they will only appear on screen for five seconds and then disappear and you can set them to offensive behind offensive front or offensive all around and it's like like it sounds if you set them behind they'll for five seconds they're attacking everything behind you if you set them up front everything in front all around they just attack whatever's near it and it's kind of nifty um like if you were one of these kids that didn't have a sibling that played these type of games or just didn't have any friends or whatever uh you could play with your friend mr computer for five second intervals and uh i didn't it seemed like the characters were invincible during those five seconds to me uh maybe they're not but uh it didn't seem like they died so that might be something you could exploit by just because you can summon them endlessly but only for five seconds so you could press start summon them press start summon them but it seems like it'd be a real boring way to play the game and this game also suffers from a tremendous slowdown which is something that kind of killed it for me the other contras they play flawlessly even up to the point where you have multiple multiple bullets and things on screen it'll only slow down a little bit there's some areas where it, it gets a little funky uh remember in the original contra the robot boss that like jumps and throws things mines on the ground that skate around if, if a number of those got on the ground you would experience some slowdown but for the most part none this game almost every screen you're experiencing some slowdown I did like that it had uh, destructible environments as opposed to some the other Contras. I mean, there's some, like in the original Contra, like level 7 or 8, you'd get to those walls that you could blow up or whatever. But in this one, like, you, you know how in Castlevania and uh, Contra, James, where you have these spikes that descend from the top of the... Uh, roof on like a single chain or whatever and you have to like time your walking to where you know you step just past this one while the other one's coming down and you you know yes yeah i love those stagger your steps and stuff i hate those (laughs) (laughs) and i was just kidding they uh they always annoyed the crap out of me well in contra force they're prevalent but you can just shoot them and they'll just blow up and then you just walk right past them (laughs) i don't think i knew that god that's so much easier yeah, it uh, they appear in the very first level, and you're like, oh, great, already? You know, because usually that's reserved for later levels and stuff. But, um, no, you just shoot, you know, take whatever gun you have and fire into them, and they'll just blow up, and then you just go on your merry way. There's no time limit or anything, so it's like, whatever, you know? Anyway, um, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, this game also uh, has the top-down... Uh, similar to Super C, but I oh, felt yeah. like it was just a little better, a little, a little smoother. Maybe it's because the the rooms and environments a little smaller, and your character is a little bigger. It just it felt it felt better. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, and um, that's on levels two and four, if I remember right. Uh, there's only five levels to this game, as opposed to uh, preceding titles that didn't go like eight levels long or whatever. But the levels are a little harder in most regards, I would say. Um, overall, it's a good game. I, I think it's actually you know what 
game that this really reminds me of, at least the the side-scrolling portion, is uh, Metal Slug. Like, I wonder if, like, because they stopped making Contras, I think, you know, after the Super Nintendo one, right? Has there been one since then? Oh, yeah. There, to, there have there been have, several, yeah. There, maybe I'm just missing. Yeah, they they kind of faded to obscurity a little bit. Um, they released one for the PlayStation after the uh, Alien Wars. Uh, I forget what it's called. And then there's one on the Genesis called Hardcore. Uh, I remember that one. I played that one. And then there's Shattered Soldier for the PlayStation 2. And then there's, oh, a, wow. there's another one for the PlayStation 2. And then there's one for... I, th- I think that one also came out on the Xbox. I don't know if there's one for PS3, but I would almost bet there is. Um, yeah, the, it's a series that's still kind of going, although they've gotten progressively worse, and they're just kind of churning out games with the name Contra, with you know old fucks like us being nostalgic about it and picking them up. Up, you know but yeah they're 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 still around yeah i feel like this game should have been like this series should have been like you know every few years we're all expecting the next contra kind of like we're all expect the next you know zelda or metroid sure. or mario I, I thought like it was going to be that powerful but god there's been something I, I had no idea there was some for the ps2 maybe maybe i was always I was, all into role playing at that point so maybe i right. just uh overlooked them when i was at the uh GameStop or whatever. But yeah, good series. Good, very good series in the beginning there. Yeah, up through the Super Nintendo era, they were really good. After that, they, they kind of fell off. I am told that one of the PlayStation 2 games uh, is really good and sought after now. I, I don't think I own that one. I think I own the bad one. I think there were <laughs> two for the, the PS2, and I tried playing the one I own, and uh, it, was, it was just terrible. It wasn't good. You know, just five minutes of gameplay, and I turned it off and was like, well, there's another thing to collect dust on the shelf, I guess, you know. <laughs> But, um, yeah, overall, in the beginning, this series is really good. I mean, Contra Force, getting back to it, it's not quite as good as the preceding games. And, unfortunately, this one commands a much higher price because it, it's much more rare. It was released toward the end of the system. And, yeah, this one's going to cost you about $140, $150 for a loose copy. Um, luckily, I picked mine up for $60. I'm not even sure it's worth that. Um I would, you know, if you can find it cheap, definitely pick it up, uh, emulate it to try it out. It's a cool game, you know, if you like the series, but this isn't one that I think you should waste money on, personally. Agreed. There is a website you can play some of these games, but you have to use your keyboard as long, as far as I know. I've been trying to get my um, controller to talk to my computer to talk to this website, but it hasn't worked out yet. <laughs> so it's very hard to play, but it can be done if you have the patience and the ability. But yeah, Contra, I would say they're all definitely worth it. Yeah. Um, whether you own the actual cart or you you buy the mini NES or you play them online, definitely worth a play. And you know, aside from the second one, I have, what do you think when this uh, mini NES comes out? Do you think uh, the cost of Super C is going to fall since it's included in that system? You know, no, probably not. No, it it okay. it may, but <clears throat> what I really think is going to happen, like there's a lot of collectors that are kind of up in arms about it, saying that it's going to cause the price of some of their rare games that are maybe not rare but you know games that are worth a bit of money your zeldas your contra super c or whatever to go down Mm -hmm. i actually think it's going to do the opposite i actually think it's going to 
ultimately cause those games and others to go up because it's going to introduce these games to a whole new generation of uh, gamers and the ones that, you know, Grandma gets Timmy a Nintendo, this new Nintendo for Christmas, and he really likes Super C, and then he grows up. Now he's going to be nostalgic about it just the way we are, and he's going to want an original copy, you know, possibly. So I really think in the long run, things like this cause games to go up in value rather than down. Um, I don't know, though. We'll, we'll see... Uh, it may go down initially, but I think overall, it, it you know, it'll just cause more awareness, which causes the older ones to be more sought after, which causes prices to go up, in my opinion. We'll see, though. Yes, we shall see. As a consumer, as a buyer, I hope they go down. As a collector, or I hope they stay the same or go up. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're collecting games to retire on or something like that, you're doing it wrong. And this is a hobby you should yeah. be into just for, you know, the love of the game. Uh, but, you know, it, these things do have value, and I, I understand it does suck when, like, the value goes up or down on it. You know, it does kind of perturb me a little bit, I, like Sukoden 2 or Suikoden 2. Uh, it, it got released for virtual console and then the price dropped a lot initially and it was like, Ugh, my copy is worthless now. But, you know, I had no intention of selling the damn thing anyway. So what does it matter? And if I had been looking to buy it, that would have been a great time to pick it up. So, you know, I don't know what these people are complaining about. You know, I, I kind of like for a game to come out on Virtual Console because if I don't have it, then I can pick it up. And if I do, well, you just wait a year or two and it goes right back to where it was. So no big deal. Anyway, um, we did have a question from Josh on the last SNES episode uh, where he asked us... Um, what system we felt was the best for RPGs. And that was something I wasn't able to get with you and talk about. And I'd like to bring that up now. Gosh, um, I mean, we're talking like, obviously, the, the retro stuff, not the, not the newest stuff. That's what I'm thinking. Really, I, I think it was just any system, what we felt like the best was. But um, I think I think the best games came out with the Super Nintendo. Yeah, that was his. Uh, Final, yeah. Final Fantasy 2 and 4, uh, Link to the Past, uh, of course, the Chrono Trigger, mm-hmm. um, Earthbound. Uh, Brain Lord. I mean, many games came out for the for that system. Uh, Sega they had they had a good showing. I mean, I don't know if you consider Shining. I guess Shining Forces role playing. Oh yeah, one and two. Um, they had Legends of Oasis. Uh, Landstalker, we just talked about pre-show. So, uh, they, oh, and then the Fantasy series, Fantasy Star series, Crusader of Sinti, uh, Shadow Run. Yeah, so I mean, those were good. Uh, this, this, I mean, the Nintendo. I mean, it started everything, so you got to give them some credit. I mean, we wouldn't have a lot of those games without you know the original Final Fantasy and the original Zelda. So you yeah, got to give the Nintendo. Yeah, the Ultima series. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to go into like PlayStation One, um, you know, that was kind of the awkward teenage years we're growing up into uh, 3D, but, you know, again, we needed that so we can, you know, perfect it later on. My my contention on the PlayStation 1 versus the Super Nintendo was that the PlayStation 1 had many of the games that were on the Super Nintendo. You know, outside of Zelda, which was a Nintendo-only, you know, franchise, um, they had Final Fantasy 2, they had... um, uh, Final Fantasy 3 or 4 and 6 um, they had Chrono Trigger they had yeah. you know a lot of these things were re-released uh, or their sequels came out for the Playstation mm-hmm. Chrono Cross so, yeah, I... Final Fantasy 7 Final Fantasy 8 yeah. Final Fantasy 9 you know it had Vagrant Story and the uh, Sukoden series uh, 1 and 2 at least which 2 is one of my all time favorite games um, yeah so it's it's kind of hard to and say you have Sega Saturn Sega Saturn mm-hmm. you got I mean it was it was short lived 
lived, especially in the United States, I think you know far more came out in Japan. But then they had Final Fantasy three, Dragon Force, Albert's Odyssey. Uh, there's a few others I can also get my shelf and look at. But they did. They had a good showing too. Yeah, Shining Force three, and 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 my thing on that is that the Saturn's games weren't really released anywhere else. Like to this day, you can't play Panzer Dragon Saga or Shining Force three or Albert Odyssey on any other system. It's just on the Saturn. If you want to play these great RPGs, you have to go to Mr. Saturn. No uh, Earthbound reference intended, but still funny. Mm-hmm. That guy's a jerk. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think long story short, I mean, I think Super Nintendo would be my number one pick. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it learned what it needed to learn from the NES titles and really created some just fantastic games. Yeah, And then what they built on... I mean, PlayStation just, you know, continued what they were doing. Yeah. So I, I would, I would, if I had to set, make a statement right now, I'd say uh, Super, Super Nintendo, Nintendo for sure. See, mm-hmm. for me, I have to go with what is exclusive, you know? And the Super Nintendo had a few exclusives in the way of, like, Paladin's Quest, uh, Tecmo of the Secret Stars, um, Lagoon. Draken. Draken, yeah, sure, fuck. <laughs> yeah, fucking Draken, because that's why you're buying a Super Nintendo. Um, yeah. But, uh, the, so, I don't know uh, if I can really say the Super Nintendo definitively. For me, I really I really think it is the Saturn for me. because it's ex- Saturn? Yeah, its exclusives are better than the exclusives for any other system, in my opinion. And if not the Saturn, maybe the PlayStation 2. Um, it's, it's just really hard. It, I mean, thanks, Josh, for the question. But that's just like, ugh. It's just one of those things to wrap my head around. Is like, which one? If I if I was on a deserted island, which one would it be? And if that was the question, I would say PlayStation because it has the most. Um, oh, but I, I don't know. It's, it's just too tough for me. But I would say Saturn if I'm looking at only exclusive. Anyway, I believe we do have a couple of emails that you wanted to read. So I'll let you do that. Yeah, I got a couple of emails from some fantastic fans. Uh, first one's from my buddy Doug. Uh, he said, hey man, just heard the SNES podcast. Congratulations on being a permanent co-host of the show. You're doing a great job so far. Thank you, Doug. I really like your list of the three as I think it had the most diversity. And I'm a big fan of F-Zero, too. Uh, kind of bummer no one mentioned Brain Lord. It's often overlooked RPG. Maybe you could do a show on it sometime, though I'm not sure it's worth much. Um, I haven't looked that up. I'm sure I have played that game. I do own that game. I don't think I've ever beaten that game, but it is a good one, and I'll definitely add it to our list of uh, games to consider. Anyway, just got just thought I'd let you know you're a good addition. Looking forward to more, Doug. Uh, Doug, I did send you a couple of follow-up emails. Hopefully you got them. Hmm. Um, you want to hit me something back, ask any questions, I'm more than happy. Uh, got another one. This one, um, it's just from RPG Gamer 89 oh. He said, uh, much respect to your list, man. I'm a big SNES fan and a big RPG fan as well, and I definitely felt the love for both on the episode. Also love the Final Fantasy Legend 2 episode, being a big Final Fantasy player over the years and have played almost all of them, but up until that episode had written off that particular title as a game that probably wouldn't be worth playing, but hearing how much you enjoyed it, definitely got to give it a try. And that is why we're here, ladies and gentlemen, to get you guys to try something else. Oh, that's cool. Um, he also said, I've never played Chrono Trigger, and he what? has a lot of dots there, so yeah, I just wow. deleted him from my... Yeah, uh, 
quit listening, RPG Gamer 89. Just get out of here. We're just kidding. But hey, you should play Chrono Trigger way before you play Final Fantasy. Oh my God. Yeah. Go, go get that. That is everywhere. You can find that. You know, I think they make it for programmable on microwaves now. You can play it in the digital display. Uh, they have it. I have it on my phone. So yeah, you can literally play that thing anywhere. So yeah. you got to call in sick to work, take a sick day from school, and just immerse yourself into everything that is Chrono Trigger. It, it can't. You know, it's one of those games that like it gets blown up in proportion. Everyone's always like, "Oh, what's the best RPG ever?" And almost always the answer is Chrono Trigger. And a lot of times when things have this much hype, they're um, you know they're a letdown when you finally do play them. Chrono Trigger is not going to do that to you, buddy. Chrono Trigger is so good. You're gonna when once you play it, you're gonna go, "Oh God, why didn't I play this years ago?" So definitely, definitely check that out. RPG Gamer eighty nine is that what you said? Uh, RPG Gamer eighty nine. Yeah, definitely. Into, oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, you go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna finish his email, so no, go ahead. Go ahead. I don't even remember what I was gonna say. Oh. <laughs> Well, well, here's the rest of his email, which I know makes me saying I'm an RPG fan seem counterintuitive, uh, but I have played Chrono Cross, and from what I hear, it is inferior to Chrono Trigger in almost every way. Just a bit. And I couldn't... I could not speak more to that. Uh, which brings me great joy as I love that version and led me to believe that the original must be truly a stellar experience. Either way, love the episode. Reminded me of all the reasons I love my SNES. Might even dust it off and play some games today. Take care and can't wait to hear the next episode from RPG Gamer 89 Wow, cool, cool, cool. Thanks, bud. And yes, Chrono Trigger is far superior to Chrono Cross. Um, I, we should spend a whole episode one of these days and just talk about what like a true sequel to Chrono Trigger should have been. Well, it has one, but yeah. Well, I think we can come up with something even better. Radical Dreamers, you ever hear that? No. Really? Actually, yes, I don't yeah. think so. Radical, let me write it down here. Radical Dreamers, let's yeah. take a look. It, it was never released here. It was released as a download-only game in Japan. They used to have these kiosks where you they they made these carts that were blank, effectively. And you would bring them these kiosks at supermarkets and the like and download games onto them, is my understanding. Or maybe it had some deal where they could get stuff offline somehow. Also, I don't know. But this is one of those games that you could only download. And it was a sequel to Chrono Trigger. In fact, you play as the group from Chrono Trigger, but it defers in that it it's not at all the same gameplay. It plays more like, if I remember right, like a text adventure. Oh, God. Yeah. It's apparently pretty good, though. Uh, I've never played it. You can get reproduction carts of it translated now, but for years it was thought lost. But, yeah, it's one of those things. It's considered to be the sequel to Chrono Trigger. Um, there is, of course, also Chrono Cross, which is only, like, tangentially related to Chrono Trigger. really doesn't play the same way at all. Uh, I really am kind of defender of Chrono Cross. I think it is a good game. And I will say the one thing it has over almost any game, period, is its soundtrack is better than I, I really can't think of a game that has a better soundtrack than Chrono Cross. It is incredible, the music on that game. Um, I will say I like it better than I do Chrono Trigger, despite Chrono Trigger having top five music of all time. Chrono Cross is probably my number one. Yeah, I'll give you that part. Um, 
I wonder why you know most RPGs don't get like direct signal uh, sequels, not signals, sequels. Like you know, why don't games just like you know take the same character and bam, go to the next well, adventure? Well, the one reason that springs to mind is you would have to explain why they're no longer as powerful, you know, as they were at the end of the first adventure. Um, yeah, you spend all this time going from level one to level whatever, and the way you could change that is by the character's kids or something go on an adventure, and they've done that a couple times and games got golden sun actually has two games that are the same characters and then the third one is the children of those characters uh lunar one and two are not the same characters but some of the same characters appear in both games um and it, you know it occurs 500 years later but certain characters are still alive same with uh, yeah. breath of fire and like blue is a reoccurring character throughout the the first three i want to say um yeah i mean they've, they've done it before but yeah i don't know it's just one of those things is like final fantasy used to piss me off in that because like you would become so attached to some of these characters like the one i always wanted as a kid was another game based off final fantasy 2 slash 4 with like cecil rosa kane all those guys and they finally did do that in the the after years uh, years later and it's you know it's not the best but it's pretty good i enjoyed that and uh that's i liked it too yeah that's something i want them to do more often you know i agree i agree especially with final fantasy 6 yeah and then we're getting the seven reboots i guess that's not you know a sequel but at least it's given us something to get us back into that final final fantasy 7 world well seven's got Um, a lot of offshoots they had you know uh crisis core and yeah it was okay uh, yeah the one with with vincent yeah Um, that was terrible something of cerberus dirge of cerberus Cerberus, yeah yeah that was good that was good too but god i just felt felt it could have it was okay it was yeah, it wasn't the it felt best. Like it was a Devil May Cry clone to me, but yeah, 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 yeah. Shooter, but it was okay. But I, I mean, Final Fantasy VII, man, what a cash cow! They could have made so much. Just another adventure, you know. Have something come down, another planet. They lose all their inventory. <laughs> they get zapped by something, and it, you know, decreases their levels, or you know, yeah, they have sure. to build back their strength. You know, their mana or something is sucked out of them, and they got to build it back up. I mean, they, they could write some a, way. Yeah, they could they could write around that, but I don't know. Maybe one day when Sony or Square comes to us and asks us what yeah, we, what they should you never, know, then we'll... never gonna happen. <laughs> They did. Uh, uh, I guess I got plenty of letters going out. They did have, uh, while it's fresh in memory, uh, Cecil appear in Secret of Evermore. You ever play that one? Absolutely, and that's what like I'm, yeah. that game became like my top on my top ten list because of that Cecil and Rosa. Yeah, both in that game I believe. Uh, I think Rosa's mentioned. I don't remember if she maybe, maybe she just mentioned. I know. She, I know the others. But I remember you walk yeah. into the shop and you see like the Crystal Sword, the Excalibur, uh, sitting on a table, and then you walk up and it's like oh, I think the Final Fantasy music is even playing and it's Cecil and he gives you a goddamn bazooka right I yeah think, I think he's the guy that gives you a bazooka yeah and gives you a little insight into what's going on with him now for some reason he o- opened a weapon shop I, it was really nifty I was, as a kid I was like holy shit you know I never would have expected that and there it was absolutely you know? games should do more of that I mean uh, even like Nintendo did that with Final Fantasy One had that gravestone uh, yeah, that was it was either Elric or Link. It was depending on what version you had. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, was it was like Link for uh, Japan, and it was Elric for the U.S. Yeah, yeah so the guy from Dra- um, Dragon Quest and yeah. the guy from obviously Zelda. Yeah, but uh, you know, just stuff like that, little Easter eggs, little hidden things, referencing other games. That one's a little weird because well, I guess they were the same. Were they the same company? I don't know if they were the same group that created. 
played both those games at that uh, point. No, Squaresoft yeah. created Final Fantasy um, Enix, which is now part of Squaresoft, created the original Dragon Warrior, but at that point they were yeah. competitors, and of course Link is the yeah. first party title by Nintendo themselves. So yeah, yeah. it was a dig at their co- competition for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. But Square, they got so much going, so many other games, they could you know reference each other in there yeah. and just throw little Easter eggs and tidbits. and Just for, for us... Old fogies. We, yeah. we just eat that up. <laughs> Another great one that comes to mind is, and you probably haven't played it, is a RPG for the Genesis that's really rare called Crusader of Sinti, in which uh, you can run into Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, he's just in the game, and you can talk to him briefly. Nah, it's just one of those, and there he is. You know, one of those weird things. I, I, I like stuff like that for sure. Love it. Yep. Anyway, love it. Uh, I didn't receive any additional emails. I did receive some praise for the uh, the new uh, Facebook page that is up. Um, Josh commented that he loved the SNES show on there, and I've gotten a number of new likes on the page within the last couple of weeks, and that's great. Um, I will try and update whatever the next show is going to be on there, as well as Twitter and stuff. I'll try and be more diligent with that. We do have a website that is in its infancy still. I haven't really been messing with that called retro game or is it retro gamer core i think it's game retro retro game core corpse as you would you yeah. know i think we say it corpse c-o-r-p-s yeah C-O-R-P-S. and we're going to be putting uh, all the episodes on there for download directly at some point once i figure that out um yeah and uh we have a lot of stuff in the works we have a new show coming up called um Oh, God. Video Games the Movie, where we'll be talking about movies based on or related to video games. And we're just going to watch them and discuss, you know, whatever about it for about 30 minutes or so. You know, it's not going to be a long show, but it, it's going to be something fun. I want to do something in addition to this show that will be hosted on the uh, RPG show network. Um, I think he's actually starting a new network with a different name than the RPG show network, but it will be a part of his stuff. And you'll be able to find that on iTunes or whatever. Um, under video games the movie podcast uh, and that's why we're getting this that's why we're getting this website together because you know we're, we're going to be an offshoot of another you know mm-hmm. podcast we want to make sure we have a, a central place for us where if you want to go just hear us yeah. you know where to go and while you're there you can take a listen to them too yeah sure absolutely because everything they do is great uh, mm-hmm. going i'm going to be on an upcoming episode of playing with power uh, you've done a couple episodes of playing with power. Uh, definitely check those guys out. They talk about the um, the God. I can't even think of the name of the magazine. Nintendo Power. Nintendo Power. <laughs> yeah, yeah, magazine. <laughs> and uh, each episode, they just kind of make fun of mostly uh, the different games and counselors and stuff throughout there. And uh, that's a pretty good show. You need to check those guys out. Uh, gosh, what am I forgetting? I'm forgetting a lot of stuff. Uh, well, we can talk about the. Well, I want to talk about my uh, update on Final Fantasy Legend Two. Oh, Oh, yeah. Saga two, yeah, and then we also have to tell them tell people our next game. Yeah, just yeah, remind. yeah. Um, uh, give us a skinny on the uh, Saga two or Legend two or whatever you want to call it. Okay, so Saga two, Goddess of Destiny. Uh, I bought it, got it. It's totally in Japanese. I did play a little bit of it. Kind of got a sense of what was going on. It lighted a fire in me to want to play more. So I spent about a couple of weeks, found the emulator, found the translator, got that actually working on my computer, which was great. I did it all by myself. Oh boy. Um, yeah, first time. Uh, played it. It is phenomenal. Hmm. Um, I, ma- I made a few notes. Uh, graphics, obviously, just way superior. Imagine like Final Fantasy eight or nine. Um, let's see here. Uh, you 
go through the exact same maps, the exact same towns, the exact same everything, but you're in a 3D environment. Imagine like walking through like in Ocarina of Time. You're walking through just like that. Uh, way less random battles. In fact, there are no official random battles. The enemies actually appear on the screen so you can see them and you can actually avoid them if you're trying to get somewhere in a hurry. Hmm. However, if you avoid too many, they might start to cluster together. And if they cluster together and you hit one, this like little lightning bolt will shoot to another one just to signify that you're now fighting both or all those enemies. And you're in like a little pincer battle like you would see in Final Fantasy 3 or 6 with all your characters in the middle. Sure. And then you got enemies on both sides. So I thought that was a great addition. I thought that was sm so smart. So you, you can't avoid everybody because if you do, you're going to get into a horrible, terrible battle. So you got to fight some to at least, you know, alleviate some pressure in a room or an area. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, they fix the thing, which I don't really find is a big problem, but a lot of people have the problem where if you have all your characters attack one enemy and the enemy dies, suddenly your characters do nothing. Oh, uh, the characters that. will go on to the next, uh, you know, the next closest enemy. Thank God. Uh, how do you feel about that? Are you, uh, are you a god? Huge pet peeve. Huge. Like, huge pet peeve. I, I almost like games that do that are almost unplayable to me. Like I'll I'll play them, but the whole time I'm just oh god, I hate that because it. A lot of time when I'm leveling, I just want to hit the A button or whatever it is and just walk in circles and I can do other things during that. And that negates the ability to do that. So, yeah, it's just no, not for me. I'm kind of in the middle. I, I, I don't like it when your your guys do nothing, but I do think there should be a little penalty. Like maybe if you just hit A and that guy, that enemy dies, um, maybe your character now does like 80% of the damage they would have done if they if you would have specifically targeted an enemy. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think there should be, you know, keep you engaged a little bit. But, you know, if you do want to just sit there and click the A button or whatever and just get through it, um, you know, you're not going to get burned too bad, especially if you're just trying to level up. Yeah. Um, the two screens, one of the last couple things I'll mention here, uh, the top screen, you know, shows the characters you're fighting. And when you select and you actually go into battle, you actually see your character like in front of the enemy and taking a swipe. Uh, no more. Is it like you see one enemy, but there's actually seven. It's now they'll actually show like the two or three or four enemies sitting there. So you can have up to like, well, I haven't gotten too far in the game yet, but I've seen up to like, you know, you're fighting eight or nine guys on a screen at any given time. Um, the lower screen will show the order in which the battle will take place, which is nice to know where you're guys are going to be um, versus where the enemies are going to attack. You can't see that until you've actually made your selections so you can't like cheat and um, plan your battle. You gotta click you know here, here, here and then you get to see okay, okay, my three guys are going first then I have an enemy attacking me and then my other guy's going so it's 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 a nice little feature. Um, and I think that was it. And like I said, I've only gotten through like the first world or half the first world so but so far, man, if uh you know, I, I take a taste of Final Fantasy Legend 2, get a sense of where it was, and then if you can emulate it, emulate the new Saga 2 Goddess of Destiny, because they did a fantastic job with mm -hmm. this one. It definitely sounds much better than uh, the old yeah. version. Yeah. You still got, you know, the limited amount of weapon use. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, you can't have everything. Yeah. Same characters you can select from, but now you can, like, customize their outfits a little bit. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so that's kind of nice. I'm playing with uh, a human male 
two robots and a mutant male or female? No, female. Mutant female. Yeah, mutant female. That's right. She's cute. <laughs> yeah, two vaginas or something. Anyway, yes. Cool. Yeah. Um. Oh gosh. Well, uh, I, I can't think of anything else to say. I think we've about exhausted everything. Let's um tell the listeners what the next show is going to be. We discussed pre-show, you know, this and that and the other thing, and we came to the mutual decision of the next game we're going to be playing is for the Super Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, drum roll, please. Illusion of Gaia, which is a RPG of sorts. Um, gosh, was that a Squaresoft game? Oh, I don't remember. Yeah, I'm looking look at I'm looking at my copy, but I've got a complete copy, and it's on the side, and all I can read is Illusion of Gaia. Did you Did you keep all when you bought a Super Nintendo game? Did you keep the box for the Super Nintendo game? Oh God, no. No, you didn't. <laughs> as, a, as a kid, I was a complete kid. I I ripped yeah. through the thing. You know, if I had to rip that box in half to get to the game, that's what <laughs> happened. You know, uh, for my NES games, I kept like most of the boxes. Like I don't because I guess the NES games fit so cleanly in that box mm-hmm. that it just made sense for me to keep it. Uh, I got all my Sega ones, obviously, because those the box oh, was yeah. the yeah. So that was smart of Sega. But my Super Nintendo, no, same thing. I just ripped through that box, threw that away, mm-hmm. and then I got my game and the little plastic piece to, to keep it clean. Yeah, at one point I actually had all my PlayStation games. At least I had the foresight to put the boxes in a box in the closet. Mm-hmm. I had them all in one of those like CD wallets that you would buy at like Hastings or something. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I don't know why. Uh, for some reason, I thought that was like, oh, it's economical. I can put all my games in this one thing, and it saves room. It's like not really. And thank God I didn't just like dump that in a dumpster or something and just keep the disc. Cause, yeah, you know, I did save those. So thank God for that. And the same thing for Game Boy Advance. I. I actually did. That was early 20s. I actually saved all the boxes for that. So I have, like, all the Castlevanias and, and, uh, I don't know, Fantasy Star and some other hard-to-find titles. Tactics Ogre, uh, Legend of Zelda's Ages and Seasons and stuff. All still box complete. Uh, The Minish Cap, I have that box complete. So thank God I had the foresight at that point. But prior to my 20s, nah, man. I mean, I didn't care about that stuff. Like... And, and it really galls me because there are some that I did have the boxes up to about 19. And I remember doing like a purge and I, I had boxes and stuff just piled up in my closet and uh, just taking all that stuff, you know, and we're talking like secret of mana box with the manual map and you know my legend of uh monkey island for the sega cd box and everything and i just threw it all in the trash you know it's one of those memories like what the hell was i thinking another memory of similar uh thing i believe it was the same purge actually is taking all the magic cards that i weren't wasn't playing in decks and stuff all the just what i at the time viewed as trash and putting them in a trash can and filling the trash can so high to the top with magic cards, I had to employ the help of a friend to be able to lift it to walk it outside. Because, I mean, it weighed four or 500 pounds at that point. I mean, it, like breaking the handles just to lift this thing. Yeah, and thinking, you know, what could have been in there? Because, I mean, there are cards <laughs> now that were uncommon back then that were worthless or near enough to that I would have considered throwing away. They're worth 40 and 50 bucks now. So, there's no telling. But, uh, yeah. No good. Yeah, hindsight. Anyway, so yeah, that will be the next game, Illusion of Gaia. Where can people find you, James? 
They can find me at my email address, goodbuddyjames at gmail.com. And you can find me at simmonbelmont at outlook.com. You can also find me at Twitter at RetroKel. You can find James at Holland. I believe that's correct, right? Um, yeah, yeah, if you want. Yeah, we're on Facebook. We have the website, Retro Game Core. You, you just type in the show name and you, Is It Worth It podcast, and you're going to find something related to us, be able to contact us in some way. Anyway, until next time, we'll see you then. See you later.